Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. As always, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you lending me your ears. Today, I want to talk about something I've touched on in the past, but I thought I'd go a little deeper with you guys this time. What I want to talk about is how do you disqualify, not qualify, disqualify a client? Because we know that the faster we can disqualify a client, the more time and money it'll save us. It'll save us money and time in the sense that we can move on to a better opportunity. We also know that you know dealing with a poor client, by poor I mean not in terms of just money, but in terms of attitude, willingness to do something, is also a waste of time. So let's do this. Let's talk about what disqualifiers do you use to say, nope, I'm not doing business with you. Do you have a list? And if you do not, I'm glad you're listening because I'm going to help you create a list because, again, the goal here is to create a list of disqualifying situations where we can get rid of customers and not bring them on board because, again, they'll cost us time and money. So I have 10 different attributes of clients maybe you don't want to work with, but all we're going to do in this podcast is help you basically come up with a set of rules of people you will not do business with or with companies you will not do business with. Type number one, maybe there's a type of job that you will not do. For example, let's say you're a consultant and you specialize in small businesses, anything less than 20 million, for example. And one of the things you say is, look, if you're bigger than 20 million, I just can't work with you. That might be the type of work that can help disqualify others. You may be a consultant, right? Or a speaker, for example. And you do a lot of speeches, but you don't do workshops. Or maybe you're a workshop type of person, but you don't do speeches. That would be, again, the type of job. So is there a type of job that you will not do or will not accept? Keep that in mind. Number two, the value. Maybe you have a minimum value prospect proposition. In other words, I've talked about this in the past. I've come up with this minimum value prospect. In other words, if you can't afford this much money, I just can't work with you. So again, let's say that you're selling consulting services. Maybe you're not willing to work with anybody who doesn't have at least $20,000, $30,000 budgeted for whatever service you offer. Or maybe, again, you got, you got to figure out what that value is for you. So again, what is that number? And I've told the story of how I went to get uh, the kitchen and bath remodeling done, and I was qualified over the phone when the person said, we don't work with projects that are less than $5,000. That's qualifying by value. That's number two. Number three, maybe there's a specific requirement based on the product or even service that you offer. For example, maybe you're a pool company, right? You sell to homeowners or you sell to, you know, some commercial locations, but one of your rules, requirements, is that if it's less than 30,000 gallons, that project is too small for you to work on and you will not accept it and you'll pass that on. So what are some requirements that you have that you will not work with unless those requirements are met? Number four, maybe it's the type of client. Maybe there's certain clients you simply cannot work with because you can't really help them or they just don't you know, line up with what your services offer. For example, maybe you're a company that you don't work with banks, right? And if you do work with banks, maybe you only work with uh, local or community banks. You don't work with large commercial banks. Is there a type of client that you will not work with? Number five, location. 
Maybe you only travel to certain places. Maybe you'll say, you know what, I'm, I'm in Georgia, so that means I only work with companies in Georgia. Or maybe you'll broaden it a little bit and say, you know, on a national level, I work with companies in the U.S., but I will not travel international to do business. Okay, so location might be another requirement that you can use. Number six, you don't accept, you know, specific works, you know, during a specific time. Let me say that again. You don't accept specific work during a specific time. In other words, there's parts of the year where you just don't work or do business. So let me let me exaggerate. In other words, if you're a landscaping company and you sell sprinklers, maybe you know that in the winter you're not going to sell sprinklers. I joke. Of course, of course you wouldn't. But maybe there's times during the year where you will not take on a job or accept new clients. So my question to you is, is there a time of year where you will not accept business or, you know, just refuse to take any current business, any existing business? Now, number seven, time commitment. Maybe the requirement here is that the job is too long. In other words, you know it's going to be, take too much time. It's going to take too long to complete that project. So maybe you have a time requirement or time commitment. So in other words, when you look at projects, you say to yourself, anything that takes more than three months, I don't want to work on. That's number seven. Number eight, situation. This one's an interesting one. This one's kind of soft on the edges. By that, I mean, it's hard to define, but let me do my best here. By situation, I mean, sometimes you want to work with somebody, but you just can't because, you know, maybe there's too many people involved. You know, maybe there's too many departments, you know. It's a certain scenario that you can't work under. This one's harder to define, but I think you know what I mean. Sometimes we just can't work with certain people. We can't work under certain conditions. It's just not right. Do you have any situational requirements where you will not work with a company or an individual. Number nine, how about the payout? Maybe somebody will say to you, hey, I'll, I'll buy your services, but first, you know, you have to prove to me that it's worth it. In other words, maybe it's one of those prove it and then I'll pay you type of thing. Or maybe it's a job where it's commission only. So the payout situation is not what you like. So the payout structure is not something that you're willing to work with. Again, think of commission or how about this? You know, for the first 30 days, we won't pay you anything and we'll pay you everything at the back end, you know, in 90 days. Or maybe it's a net, you know, six month deal where you'll do the job today and they'll pay you in six months. Is there a payout situation where you will not work with somebody? All right, last but not least, number 10, and this is about personality and ethics at this point. Now, this is about the individual. There's certain people that when you meet, you simply don't like. Can we be honest for a second? You simply don't like. So maybe you don't like them, but as you get to know them more, you really don't like them. Maybe you don't like their their personality. There's something about it that just grates you, but maybe it's, it's an ethical situation. This person doesn't seem trustworthy, right? Maybe they don't seem reasonable. There's certain people you will not work with because you go, you know, I can't work with them because they're not willing to change. They're not willing to do what I suggest or recommend. So that's it, 10 of them. 10 reasons why you can disqualify a client. Let me go through the list very quickly again. The first one, the type of job. In other words, if it's a workshop, I only do speeches. If it's speeches, I only do workshops or only work with small companies versus big company. Number two, the value has to be above a certain monetary value, maybe above 20, 30, 40, 100,000, whatever it may be. Number three, requirements, specifications. In the case of a pool, it has to be more than 30,000 gallons. Number four, client type. There's certain clients you don't want to work with. Maybe it's banks, maybe it's uh, network marketing companies, whatever it may be. Number five, 
location, where you want to travel, where you don't want to travel. Number six, time frame. Certain times of the year you can't do business or will not accept business. Number seven, time commitment. You realize if you take on that project, it's too long of a commitment. You're not willing to give that time up to anybody else. Number eight, situation. This is the fluffy one where it involves too many people, department, or something about the situation, the scenario that just isn't right. Number nine, payout situation. How they're going to pay you. Maybe it's a commission structure or a net 60, whatever it may be. Also, last but not least, it's personality slash ethics. You don't like the person. You don't like what they're about. Uh, Whatever it may be, there's something in it. So go ahead, and what I want you to do is when you get a moment, come up with your list because the faster you can come up with your list and the more effective and tighter that list is, the more you'll be able to focus on your ideal clients, and we'll call these your non-ideal clients or your non-clients. So again, come up with the list. It's a great challenge. I would love to hear your feedback on what some of your qualifiers are. And that is it for the Sales Influence Podcast. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. Let me know what you think. I would appreciate it. Also, check out the Sales Velocity Academy. It keeps growing. If you want to sell more faster, check out my online learning management platform, salesvelocityacademy.com. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio, always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. Hi. I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me, and it's always about them.